0: standing, take your Bibles, turn to Second Kings chapter 19. I so appreciate our worship team. Pastor Alex and all of you who work so hard, volunteers who come to lead us before the throne. Minister Micah, so appreciate you. Enjoyed worship this morning profoundly and tonight as well. Second Kings chapter 19. We're going to read verse 1 through 7. 2 Kings 19, verse 1 through 7. And so it was when King Hezekiah heard it that he tore his clothes, covered himself with sackcloth, and went into the house of the Lord. And he sent Elekin, who was over the household of Shebna, the scribe, and the elders of the priests, covered with sackcloth, to Isaiah, the prophet, the son of Amoz. And they said to him, Thus says Hezekiah, This day is a day of trouble and rebuke and blasphemy, for the children have come to birth, but there is no strength to bring them forth. It may be that the Lord your God will hear all the words Of Rabshnikia or however you say that. Rabshnikia. Try to say that ten times. I'm sure I'm mispronouncing it. Whom his master, the king of Assyria, has sent. You know, it's quite a thing when you try to get serious and then you read a word that's Rabshnikya. Okay. Whom his master, the king of Assyria, has sent to reproach the living God and will rebuke the words which the Lord your God has heard. Therefore, lift up your prayer for the remnant that is left. So the servants of King Hezekiah came to Isaiah. And Isaiah said to them, Thus you shall say to your master, Thus says the Lord, Do not be afraid of the words which you have heard, with which the servants of the king of Assyria have blasphemed me. Surely I will send a spirit upon him, and he shall hear a rumor and return to his own land will cause him to fall by the sword in his own land father we thank you for what you're going to do this evening what you have already done and in the moments that remain i pray move in great power I want you to read verse 35 and 37 now of that same chapter. And it came to pass on a certain night that the angel of the Lord went out and killed in the camp of the Assyrians 185,000. When the people arose early in the morning, there were corpses all dead. So Sennacherib, king of Assyria, departed and went away and returned home and remained at Nineveh. It came to pass as he was worshiping in the temple of Nishrak his God that his sons struck him down with the sword and they escaped into the land of Ararat. Wow. One more scripture, Isaiah chapter 10. And verse 27, if you will. And it shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck, and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. Move in power right now, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. This morning we preached a second message in a series called the the Christian citizen, encouraging people to vote. Our responsibility is, as not only as Christians, but as people in the United States, a great privilege to vote. If you've not registered, repent and register because there will come more elections and you need to vote. It's important to vote. 80, 80 million evangelical Christians in the United States of America. 40 million are registered. 20 million vote. And those that do vote, many vote uninformed and uneducated. And as a result, and as a result of the depravity of our country, we're in the position that we're in. I believe that we're heading for one of the greatest revivals in the history of the world. Actually, I believe that we are headed for the greatest revival ever in the history of forever. I believe that. This text that we read, I alluded to, uh, this morning, and as I was sharing with uh, some there there are times where i 'm very very clearly know what the Lord wants me to preach, and so other times where I feel like i 'm just sort of doing a prophetic dance where i'm i 've just got my finger on the pulse of the spirit, just trying to hear what he 's saying i 've been doing that tonight and and just trying to hear what the Lord wants to say. And there's a number of things I'm hearing in the spirit, but specifically for this moment and the moments that remain tonight, I want you to know that whatever yoke might have come on you or whatever yoke will ever come upon you or try to come upon you from the enemy, it will be broken because of the anointing, because of the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. There's nothing that can hold you back all the days of your life. So long as you live rightly for God, can you say amen? This time of Hezekiah's reign, it's about, well, kingdoms divided at 930 BC. About 200 years later, the northern kingdom, ten tribes, the southern kingdom of Judah and Benjamin. And Hezekiah is the king of Judah. His father, as I said this morning, was a reprobate. You can read 2 Kings 16, verse 3 and 4 that says this. He walked in the ways of the kings of Israel, even sacrificed a son his son in a fire following the detestable ways of the nations the Lord had driven out before the Israelites. He offered sacrifices. This is talking about his father, Ahaz, a reprobate. He offered sacrifices, burned incense on the high places, the hilltops, under every spreading tree. He was an idolater. Ahaz gathered together the furnishings from the temple of God, took them away. He shut the doors of the temple and set up altars on every street corner in Jerusalem so that all of God's people could become idol worshipers. That's what his father did. He was a wicked, wicked king. And he was really what what they call Assyria's vessel. Vassal, pardon me. He was a servant of Assyria. Hezekiah becomes king and... It says in 2 Kings 18, verse 5, Hezekiah trusted the Lord, the God of Israel. There was no one like him among the kings of Judah, either before him or after him. He's basically a revivalist. Now let me ask you this question. Are there Hezekiahs among us? There are Hezekiahs among us. There there is a generation that's rising up, that's sick and tired of being sick and tired, and want to bring a change. I believe that there are Hezekiahs. Where are the Hezekiahs? Where are they? Yes, absolutely. You say, right here, Pastor. Amen. I'm with you. The context of understanding the text of Scripture that we read, th- this story is told three times in Scripture, 2 Kings 18, 20, Isaiah 36, verse 39. You can read that. And, and it's really Second Chronicles 29 through 32. And the king of Assyria invades Judah and Jerusalem. Hezekiah pays him off, but he attacks again. You know, you can't pay off the devil. You can't try to dance with the devil and have it work out. Hezekiah tries to just sort of, you know, pay him off, but it doesn't work. You can't appease the enemy. You need to evict him. That's the only way you can get, make it. And... Uh, he sends, that is, the king of Assyria, Sennacherib, sends his commander of the army to intimidate Hezekiah. And you can read that, Second Kings 18, verse 17. And the commander says the same thing that the enemy does. It's a picture, really, of how the enemy works. And if you'll turn with me, please, to Second to Kings 18 verse 19, here is the field commander of the king of Assyria talking to Hezekiah's commanders. Second Kings 18, verse 19, the field commander said to him, tell Hezekiah this. This is what the great king, the king of Assyria says. On what are you basing this confidence of yours? You say you have a strategy and military strength, but you speak only empty words. On whom are you depending that you rebel against me? Look now, are you depending on Egypt, that splintered reed of a staff which pierces a man's hand and wounds it if he leans on it, such as Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to all who depend on him? And if you say to me, we are depending on the Lord our God... Isn't it he whose high places and altars Hezekiah removed, saying to Judah and Jerusalem, "You must worship before the altar, this altar in Jerusalem." You see what he does is he is he begins to speak the strategy of twisted words. You see, Assyria was used to bring judgment on on God's people and and bringing off the northern tribes and bringing judgment upon them. But that was not the case here in Judah. And he's, he, he begins to harangue. And if you look at the, the text, you see that he's speaking in the very the very language of the people. In verse 26, look at verse 26. Then Elikim, son of Helikiah, Said to the field commander, please speak to your servants in Aramaic since we understand it. Don't speak to us in Hebrew in the hearing of the people of the wall. The field commander is a picture of how Satan tries to distort worship and how he tries to distort the word of God. You need to know the word of God. You can't, you know, I'm so thankful for what God just did. I mean, if you could see what we were seeing up here, just people weeping, people touching, people getting touched by God. And really in a service like that, you have a combination of things happen. It's the same thing when Jesus hung on the cross. You have one man on one side that says, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus says, today you'll be with me in paradise. And the other guy on the other side says, if you're if you the son of God, why don't you blah, blah, blah. And one guy goes to hell and the other guy goes to heaven. It's the same thing that happens in every move of the spirit of God. And there was a degree of a move of the spirit just tonight Amen. is you have people that or thinking about their burnt toast and thinking about what they have to do when they get home. And they've totally missed out on, on what God wanted to do for them because they're distracted or they're disjointed or they're just not focused. Or maybe their mother dragged them here and they wish they were home playing Xbox 360 or something. And, and then you have a whole other set of people that are like, oh, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And this power comes. It's, it's the same thing when, uh, when the man of God was at Bethel and he, he comes to the place and he and he dreams in that place and he sees a Jacob he sees this ladder ascend to heaven and angels ascending and descending on this ladder and when he wakes up he said this is none other than the house of God he says I didn't know it. I mean, he was there and he he was he was dreaming. He didn't know that God wanted to do this thing. There are things that God wants to do for you that you don't know anything about. He's moving behind the scenes. Sometimes we just we get so upset about what we see with our natural eye. Don't be moved with your natural eye. You might be facing an army tonight that's bigger than, than bigger than anything you've ever seen before. You might be facing a Goliath. You might be facing the, the like the army of Sennacherib. But God, if, if God's with you, if you're with God, I should say, then you have nothing to worry about because his anointing, his power, his word will break the yoke. And he'll bring you through. He'll bring you through. He accuses Hezekiah of being weak and he puts him down. Isn't that just like the devil? In 2 Kings 18.25, he gives him a false word. He says, furthermore, I've come to attack and destroy this place without word from the Lord. The Lord himself told me to march against this country and destroy it. Is that true? No. So he lies and he says, God, the Lord spoke to us. Now, the Lord did use Assyria before, but he's not using him now. And many times the enemy will try to whisper to you, oh, this is the will of God. Or, Or you'll have somebody to come and give you a pathetic word. That's not a prophetic word. It's a pathetic word. and he tries to cause rebellion by speaking in the language of the people and he, and, he, and he promotes strife if the enemy can cause disunity in your home if the enemy can cause disunity in a church if the enemy can cause disunity in your family between you and your children perhaps then you've lost you will, you will get divided you will get separated and you will get picked off verse 29 of 2nd Kings 18 this is what the Lord says do not let Hezekiah deceive you this is what the king says pardon me don't let Hezekiah deceive you he cannot deliver you from my hand do not let Hezekiah persuade you to trust in the Lord when he says the Lord will surely deliver us this city will not be given to the hand of the king of Assyria the enemy tries to undermine godly leadership over and over and over, he tries to undermine Hezekiah speaking in the language of the people of the wall. So do you understand? So there's this wall and there's all these people like, what are they saying? I don't know. And they're listening and they're speaking in Hebrew, probably really loud. So as he's talking, so here, here's, here come. So if I, if I'm the commander of the enemy and I'm talking to Hezekiah's ambassador, his commander's And all the people of the wall understand Hebrew. I lift my voice and say, "Hasn't God sent us?" I mean, we're having a conversation here. It's like he yells in Hebrew, so the people on the wall hear everything he's saying. Hezekiah is not a man of God, hasn't he? Just he just undermines everything about Hezekiah, so that all the people are like, maybe he's not a man of God. Oh my goodness, maybe we're in trouble. Are we depending on Egypt? Or I mean the people you, thank you. Do you understand? So the people of the wall start doubting their leaders, start start questioning what's going on. And he continues, the, the enemy continues to try to intimidate. He'll try to offer false security to you. Listen, do it God's way and you'll get God results. Try to compromise, cut the corner, do it the devil's way, and you'll get your butt kicked. Just saying. Hashtag butt kicking. Tail kicking, is that more polite? Posterior kicking. There you go. Verse 33 of... Second Kings 18. Has the God of any nation ever delivered his land from the hand of king of Assyria? Where are the gods? And he begins to name these different gods of the nations that they've destroyed. Have they rescued Samaria from my hand? Who are all the gods of these countries have been able to save his land for me? How then can the Lord deliver Jerusalem from my hand? What an arrogant jerk. What a fool. And the enemy will come and whisper it to you and tell you it's impossible. Well, I'm just going to put my emotions out on my sleeve and just be real transparent. I remember when I first was saved. before I met Karen. I had already been divorced. And I had hope of being a father to my children. I still have that hope. But there was such a lie that was being, that was upon me that it was never going to happen, that I would never see my kids again. I have two daughters. Some of you know my story. And it was a lie. And what ended up happening is because I believed that lie, this hopelessness and despair came upon me that was like, I, don't, I won't ask you to raise your hand if you ever lost your kids or were separated from your children. But that's like one of the most painful things I think anybody can ever go through. The death of a, death of a child or going through the loss of your children being taken from you for whatever reason. In my instance, it wasn't all foul play. I certainly earned it. But that hopelessness of that lie came on me so strong that I, I could not hear the word of the Lord, that God was going to redeem me, that God was going to help me, that God was going to strengthen me, that he was going to bring me through. I couldn't hear that. The lie was so loud. It's hopeless. You'll never be anything. You'll never accomplish anything. You've lost everything. Take your life. That's the word I heard. I couldn't even see myself coming out of it. And it was then that I plunged deeper and deeper, even as somebody who's received Jesus, deeper and deeper into despair to the point when I, I just, it's God who rescued me. But that plunging deeper, deeper into despair put so much fire on the opposition. In other words, the opposi- it, it proved the opposition right about me. It wasn't right in the Lord, but as I believed the lie, it became true. Does that make sense? You following me? You listen to every lie and look at every wind and wave of the enemy. You won't be walking on the water. You won't be moving over to the other side. You'll be sinking in despair. God has a word for you tonight, and the word is, is that you're going to make it. You're not going to be somebody who's brought to the point of birth, and, and then all of a sudden you're not going to have the strength to come through. You will come through. You will fulfill every word as you delight yourself in the Lord. He's going to bring you through. Don't be weary in well-doing, for in due time you will receive a harvest. How would it be to come to the point of birth, and you have no strength to deliver that child? Thank God for modern medicine. But back in the day, back in ancient times, if you had no strength to deliver that baby, you're both dying. Hezekiah's response is absolutely the response that we need to have in this hour for our nation and for our own lives. If we're going to see revival, we're going to see the power of God come. We're going to see the yokes broken. And we're going to look at this and then we'll be done second kings 19 the text we read he humbled himself he humbled himself you can't ever go wrong with humbling yourself you can't ever go wrong with prayer and fasting you can't ever go wrong with going low you can't ever go wrong with just humbling yourself in the side of the lord because it is then that he can lift you up pride comes before a fall but if you humble yourself it's not so much fun to humble yourself But if you'll do it, God will respond. Psalm 35, verse 13. Yet when they were ill, I put on sackcloth and humbled myself with fasting. When my prayers returned to me unanswered. It's a picture of the psalmist. If you've been praying, you feel like your prayers are hitting a brass heaven. Fast and pray. Humble yourself. Isaiah 58. A word on fasting, verse 6, is this not the kind of fasting that I've chosen to loose the chains of injustice, to untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free, to break every yoke? He humbled himself. The second thing he did is he went to the house of the Lord. This is all in verse 1. When Hezekiah heard this he tore his clothes picture of repentance put on sackcloth also a picture of repentance and, and humiliation humble himself and he went to the house of the Lord. It is amazing to me how many people when they get in trouble they don't come to the house of the Lord they run to everything else. They go back to crutches that they were leaning on drugs perhaps or relationships. They go back to everything to try to fill the hole. I will tell you only God, only God can deliver you, satisfy you, only God can bring you into the place of healing and wholeness. Only the Lord can do it so when you run into trouble don't you know don't you know don't go to facebook and blast it all over the place i thank god for facebook and how it can generate prayer but i've seen people that just become gossip gossipers man maybe it's just spent the time in prayer that you do on facebook doing all those stupid posts and responses you'd probably have a miracle i'm not talking to anybody here tonight i'm sure he went to the house of the Lord and he sought God. He got into God's presence. The third thing he did is he had a desire to hear the word of the Lord. He had a desire to hear the word of the Lord, the word of God. And he, he sent his palace administrator over to Hezekiah, uh, pardon me, over to Isaiah, the prophet. Verse three, they told him what Hezekiah says. This is a day of distress and rebuke and disgrace as when the children come to the point of birth and there is no strength to deliver them. It may be the Lord your God will hear all the words of the field commander and he begins to tell Isaiah what happened and he gets a word from God. Listen, one word from God and it changes everything. When God speaks, you hold on to that word and you wage a warfare with it. You yield that thing like a howitzer and you mow down all the opposition. It doesn't even take like this big, long, mega word. I mean, Jesus wept. You could beat the devil up with Jesus wept. That's the shortest verse in all of Scripture. (laughs) I I, I have used Jesus wept. I've said that before as a joke, but the truth is I've had had times in my life where I couldn't see the forest from the trees. I'm so discouraged. I just don't know what I'm going to do. And all I can think is like, Jesus wept. And so I would just go, Jesus wept, Jesus wept, and I start feeling this freedom. Jesus wept, and I start having the idea that he's weeping for me. He's ever living to make intercession for me. Jesus is weeping right now. Devil, Jesus is weeping. You can't mess with me. Jesus wept. Ah, Jesus wept, and you just start seeing stuff change. Listen, some of you don't know how to fight. The psalmist said he trains my hands for war. Some of you just praying, oh God, deliver me from the devil. And the Lord's like, I already did. Punch his face. Rebuke him. I already did. I died on the cross. I defeated hell and the grave. I took the keys. Behold, I give you all authority. Some of you just need to stand up and rebuke the enemy. Command him to leave your home. Leave your mind. Leave your children. Leave your thinking. To stand in the place of victory and and declare, hey, you can't touch. You can't can't touch this you need to declare the word of the lord and if you'll do that you will see the devil turn heel and run hezekiah got a word from the lord the prophet isaiah you've got a desire to hear it god's not obligated to speak to you look at me hey listen He's not obligated to talk to you because you're all pretty or handsome or something because you happen to show up to church. He speaks to those who are hungry and thirsty. He spoke in parables to hide truth from casual observers. Now, if you want to be a casual observer, well, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Kanaka Kwanzaa, or whatever. I, you know, you, It's just not going to get any victory by just being an apathetic observer. Hezekiah was not apathetic. He was in a place of great distress. He humbled himself. He went to the house of the Lord. He sought the Lord for a word. I have never seen God not come through for people who set their face to hear from him. I have never seen God. I'll tell you what, everyone who's lived for the Lord with all their heart have the same testimony. He is faithful. He's a faithful God. He'll come through. He's on time. Not your time. But he's on time. He's certainly never early. It might seem late to you, but it's not for him. He's an on-time God. Yes, he is. He's an on-time God. Yes, he is. I'm just about to bust out and sing that gospel song right now. I'm all do. Whoa! In Second Kings 19, verse 20 and 3:34, 30, he prays and he gets other people to pray. He prays and he gets other people to pray. God has a word for us tonight, and it's very simple. Isaiah 10, 27, and that day their burden will be lifted from your shoulders and their yoke from their neck, and the yoke will be broken because of the anointing oil. New King James says, uh, pardon, pardon me, NIV, New International Version says, the yoke will be broken because you've grown so fat. <laughs> Come on, somebody say, I'm fat. I'm fat. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. A fat cat. You ever heard about that? You could be a fat cat in God. In other words, his power is on you, and then you just get so big and so strong, it just breaks that thing off your neck. When we were building the cathedral years ago, we had lawsuits. We had three major lawsuits come against us in the middle of, middle of our building project of a 55,000 square foot building ran out of money. That's a problem. You're building a big building and you run out of money. Anytime you run out of money, it's a problem. But when you're building a large facility of 55,000 square feet and you run out of money, you're you're in serious trouble because nobody's going to lend you any money. It's a, it's like over. We had lawsuits from a steel company, and we had a, a, a lawsuit from a, I think a, it's a steel worker had had fallen, and we had a lawsuit with the steel company, went out of business, and we had a lawsuit from the school, a football player had gotten injured, and we had all of these things all at the same time. It was like a perfect storm to try to destroy our church. My pastor, our senior pastor, Dr. Morocco, got a a word from the Lord in Isaiah chapter 10. Am I done? Okay. I love you, Pastor Alex. I know, I'm messing with you. (laughs) He's following his instructions that were given previously. It helps me not be too long-winded. What the Lord did is he gave us Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27. We prayed that thing every morning prayer. I mean, we'd show up to morning prayer... And Dr. Morocco would be there. He says, come on, let's pray Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27. In that day, you'll grow so fat and the yoke will break because of the anointing oil. You know what God did? God delivered us from every one of those things and released money. And there's a building today. It's the largest church facility in the entire Hawaiian Islands. It's built today. It's there because we got a word from God. The enemy doesn't want to see you. He's heard about the victory that God has for you. He's heard about the great things that he wants to do for you. The enemy's heard about it. So he wants to try to trip you up, hit you with everything, including the kitchen sink, get you to throw up. Get you you to throw up. He's going to get you to throw up, get you to give up. Amen. Get you to quit. Get you to throw in the towel. Come on, somebody say no, no. Say, I'm going to humble myself. I'm going to go to the house of the Lord. Come on, say it. I'm going to get a word from God and i'm gonna wage a good warfare with that word believe that wherever you are that god will bring you to the place of victory there's no there's no victims don't don't be a victim if you're a son you're a daughter of almighty god then you are not a victim you're a victor you need to change the way that you think change the way that you see things see it from a different perspective I've said it so many times before, but I just like it. Like David seeing Goliath, the uncircumcised Philistine said, with a head that big, slick, I can't miss, man. you going down. Big, fat head. Look at things differently. Think differently. Many of you are in a wilderness experience tonight. The wilderness has just been allowed. You've been allowed to be in the wilderness to, to, to show the authority of God, to rebuke the enemy, to move out of that place, and come out in a greater place of strength. Come on. He didn't teach you how to swim to let you drown. Okay, a couple more points and we're done. Believe that the yoke can be broken. Seek the Lord. Number three, live a lifestyle of brokenness before God. Claim the promise. Everybody say, claim the promise. He'll never leave you, never forsake you. There's 7,500 promises in the Word of God. And the last thing is be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Come on, stand up on your feet and ask God just to fill you, strengthen you tonight. He. Lord, if you've never been filled with the Holy Ghost God wants to fill you tonight He wants to touch you tonight if you've never been filled with the Spirit the evidence of speaking in tongues He wants to give you that it's a glorious gift that comes to us believers He doesn't expect you to live and white knuckle through The experience you're the encounter of that you're having and the difficulty you're having, you can be freshly anointed. You can be filled with the fire and the power of God, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is available for you. Available for me. Come on, lift your hands all across this place and just let the Holy Spirit fill you and touch you. Holy Spirit come. Fill and touch every hungry heart tonight. Let him fill you. Let him touch you. Holy Spirit come right now. Let your power fill and touch each and every one. facing some significant obstacles. You're in a battle. You're feeling like there's a yoke that the enemy's trying to put upon you and you want prayer tonight. Come to the front right now. We're going to pray. Come on, just come. Just line up all across the front right here. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Lord right now Holy Spirit come yes break the yoke tonight by the anointing oil Isaiah 10 27 and in that day the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil thank you for your power your enablement Holy Spirit come right now sweet spirit of Jesus the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead right now release your power all across this place Lord touch these discouragement go touch right now in the name of Jesus that's it in Jesus name Lord touch break this thing right now break this thing right now lift it off of you Hey, Holy Ghost touch Holy Spirit touch Right now, in Jesus' name. Yes! In the making of new wineskins, there's two different ways that they would make them. One, they would take an old wineskin and they would rub it with oil and it would become pliable again. Another way is just to make a new wineskin and then they put new wine in it. The Lord has taken your life And he is working you. There are some pressures that are against you right now. And if you respond rightly, you'll find yourself moving into a new anointing. There's been some some discouragement, there's been kind of a, a, a letdown. And the Lord's causing you to come to a deeper place in him. Do not be weary in well doing, says the Lord. Don't be weary in well-doing. When's the breakthrough? When's the change? When is it going to get easier? When is it going to get easier? I just hear that. I hear those questions. When? When, God? I'm serving. I'm laboring. I'm loving you. Lord, when? 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 God, I feel like I just can't take it uh, anymore. God, another week. The Lord's coming upon you tonight. He's coming upon you with his anointing. He's coming upon you with power. It's an assignment from the enemy. Weariness to get you to throw in the towel. But you will not. You will not let up. You won't quit because my anointing oil is upon you. You are called to ministry, says the Lord. You're called to even preach, pray, and prophesy. I've got the plan. Delight yourself in me, says God. Delight yourself in me. And watch this new unction, new way coming upon you the pressures are working for you a far exceeding weight of glory as you respond rightly you're not being burned at the stake you can do it and I'm going to give you structure I'm going to show you I'm going to show you says God I break this yoke off of you tonight in Jesus name and I proclaim victory for the glory of God in Jesus name Pastor Alex, lead us in worship.
1: the King of Heaven Sing to Jesus
0: right now God with every head bowed and every eye closed if you're not right with God tonight don't you leave this place without being reconciled. Don't leave this place without repenting. There's a hell to shun and a heaven to gain. And if you've never given your heart to Jesus, I implore you Plead with you, on Christ's behalf, to be reconciled. He wants to take out the heart of stone. It's to put in a heart of flesh. The Bible says you must be born again. It's a very clear decision that we make to say. I want to live for God, and I don't, want to, I don't want to do wrong anymore. I don't want to be separated from God. I want to be right with Him. Come on, those online, those listening by podcast, those here in the sanctuary, don't be distracted by folks right now, just you and Jesus right now, just you and Jesus. If you died tonight, if tonight was your last night, Would you go to heaven? You say, well, I I, I don't know. Well, you can know. If you'll, if you'll allow the Spirit of God right now to, to just sort of survey your life, you'll realize that you're probably still alive because He spared you. You'll find that That he's even brought you here tonight. I can't cause your heart to beat within your chest. The Holy Spirit is the one that does that because he's calling you to himself. He's calling you. I'm glad you came to church, but you have to make a decision to live for God. You have to make a decision to say, I no longer want to go the way I'm going, I want to live for God. I'm going to live for God. I'm turning my back on my old life on the world and I say, Jesus, I want you. I want to be forgiven. I want heaven to be my home. I want you to fulfill the plan that you have for my life. I don't want to go from pillar to post anymore. I don't want to be tormented by voices and shadows and I don't want to go through that. God, I want to be free. The first step is receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That is the very first step. You can't, you, 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 don't, you don't get the breakthrough, the yoke going and all of the promises of God without doing that first. That's the first thing you need to do. So every head bowed, every eye closed, no matter where you are under the sound of my voice, if you're not right with God, won't you give your heart to Jesus tonight? If you've never done that and you want to do it for the first time it's the first time you've never prayed a prayer to say jesus i believe that you died on a cross and rose again from the grave and you want to pray a prayer that says god forgive me i believe that you died in my place to come into my heart and be my lord write my name in the in the lamb's book of life make heaven my home heal me you've never prayed a prayer like that you want to pray that prayer for the first time all across this place if that's you on the count of three, I want you to slip your hand up. You say, yeah, that's me. I never prayed that prayer, but I want to deny On the count of three. One, two, three. Do it right now. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I see that hand. God bless you. Thank you for your honesty. You have to make a decision on your own. Thank you for your honesty. I see that hand. You may put that hand down. Now, maybe you're here and you have prayed that prayer, but you know full well that you got one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom, and you don't want to do that anymore. You wanna go all the way, you wanna sell the farm, you want you want Jesus to be the Lord of your heart, the Lord of your life, all of your life. You wanna give all of your heart to him, you wanna sell out. If that's you, you wanna sell out. You've drifted, maybe, you've drifted away in your walk with the Lord and you wanna sell out tonight. On the count of three, slip your hand up if that's you. One. Two, three. God bless you. God bless you. Praise God. Now, if you meant business with God, come up front. And meet me right here. We're gonna pray. Come on. Come on. You meant business. You're serious. You're for real. Just come meet me right here. Church, want to put your hands together for these that are coming. Just come all the way up front. God bless you guys. Awesome. All right. Pray this right out loud. Just right out loud, okay? You ready? Y'all ready? You want to pray with us? Just pray right out loud. Just close your eyes and say, Dear Jesus, dear dear Jesus thank, you thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for rising again from the grave for me. Thank you for again from the grave for me. Come into my heart. Come into my life and be my, Lord. be my Lord, be my Savior. Wash me and cleanse me and make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Come on, just lift your hands all across this place. Those up front, lift your hands. as a sign of surrender. That's all it is. You're just surrendering to Jesus. Holy Spirit, I pray your touch right now upon these touch everyone in this place and those that are on the world wide web God touch them Holy Spirit fill break every chain break every bondage God Lord release your power release your grace the Lord shows me it's been a long haul it's been a long road I'm going to do a series of successive miracles for you breakthrough happens it starts even tonight you'll see it, it'll be miraculous phone calls that come, breakthrough that comes things in the mail it's just going to be one thing after another and it will be a very clear statement from the Lord for his love for you Lord do it I pray do it I pray very gifted young man place because of the grace of God and his awesome love for you. He sets before you tonight life and death. I know you've got those around you encouraging you. It's wonderful. Thank God for people that love us. As you choose to live for God, he will blow your mind.
1: There is no one like him.
0: stand with us all across this place my time is my time is done but hasn't God moved, what a glorious time Wednesday night, don't miss Wednesday 7pm invite somebody, let's pack this place out, got youth ministry upstairs IG intergeneration student ministries 7 o'clock they got their own worship and all that going on upstairs it's great Right here, there's ministry to the family. We've got children's ministry on Wednesday night. So you be a part of all the different things that are taking place, amen? Come on, let's just close right now. And you can feel free to hang out and have fellowship. And, man, it's only eight o'clock. There ain't nothing on TV. Amen. Lord, thank you for what you've done today and all of these four services. And God, we ask for your blessing to rest upon your people. Bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon us. Lift up your countenance towards them. Be gracious to them. Keep them and give them peace. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We hope to see you Wednesday night. Be a part of everything that's taking place. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thanks for listening to King's Chapel, Alaska and Pastor Daniel Bracken.